Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. I had such a nice conversation with community member Angie Schwest, who is an accountability coach with her company Level Up. She works with clients to establish healthy habits in the areas of nutrition, exercise, and goal setting. A former fitness instructor and classroom teacher, Angie has always found a passion in teaching and an interest in health and wellness. She blogs about these topics on her website, lucoach.com, capital L, capital U, coach.com. Currently, Angie lives in Lafayette, Louisiana with her husband and three children. Welcome, Angie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat. So you can speak to so many parts of the weight loss process from every side of it. So let's start with your own story, if you don't mind. Tell me about your sort of relationship with your body and where, how you got to where you are right now. I think I've been thinking a lot about this. And I think that in looking back, I have been body conscious since high school, I would say. And it's so funny how you remember the most insignificant things, but I was on dance team in high school. And at that point we were driving. So a teammate of mine was driving, we were leaving practice and we had our shorts on and I glanced down at her and her legs, her thighs looked so small. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, she is just so skinny. And I'm, I'm not at all. And that was it. I didn't bring it up. I didn't say anything to her, but it's like, it's like it happened yesterday. I can remember driving that car. So it's always, it hasn't always been in the forefront of my mind, but through the years, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but I would say it started in high school, just that comparison feeling. And then I think it more hit home with having babies, getting older. And whereas the weight used to come off. It wasn't, especially after my last child, my third child, I had her in my mid thirties. And by that point, I had always dabbled into diet programs. So Weight Watchers, joining curves, doing low carb, what have you. I've always been interested in it, but I guess I started to like freak out when after my third child, I just, I didn't lose all the weight. And then each year, and she's seven now, each year it was like, few more pounds creeping on slowly, but surely going in the wrong direction. So that's been the struggle lately. I even trained for a marathon. I have taught fitness classes. I've never been grossly overweight, but always been weight conscious. And then just started getting frustrated that where, what's going to happen here? I'm moving in the wrong direction. And just for context, so where did you grow up? Like, what's your accent from? Where are you from? And where do you live now? (laughs) Definitely here. I am in Louisiana. And other than living in New Jersey for a year and Texas for about five years, I've been in Louisiana. I feel like there's such an emphasis in the culture there. I'm not that it's so different here in New York as well, but on food, right? I feel like that's all the 
you know, the stereotypes about, you know, Louisiana. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Too Not much. at all. <laughs> Not at all. It totally, and it's, it's good Cajun food. It's, mm-hmm. it centers around food. New Orleans is two hours away from me. I'm in Lafayette and it's all about food. It's all about partying. It's all about everything is equated to celebrations when you get together, which means food and drink. So we're not in the mountains where you can go for a hike and enjoy the cool weather or anything like that. So it's a good time. It's just not the healthiest of atmospheres. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to dodge all the different landmines that each each place presents is always a challenge. (laughs) Absolutely. So when did you decide you wanted to help other people? That kind of evolved. I was a school teacher before I had kids. Then I stayed at home with the kids. Then when they got a little older, I started teaching fitness classes because I just, I'm just a teacher at heart. And so I was getting myself back in shape. And what really did it for me was, as I mentioned, I was on dance team in high school. Well, when Zumba became all the craze, I started taking Zumba classes and I was just like, okay, this is so much fun. And I could do this. This is like learning a dance routine in my old dance studio. So it was like a way to just go have fun and, and let loose. And I approached the gym I was at, I approached the manager of group fitness and said, you know, I'm interested in how do I, how do I learn how to do this? And she set me on the path. So then I just, that led to, I taught a weights class and Zumba. And that was my main thing. Then it just got, as the kids got older, it got a little tricky with being tied down to class times and everything. And if a child was sick, it was, you know, so after teaching bar classes, I decided to stay at home again, reevaluate. And then I just, I just saw the need for, I just want to help people and educate them and guide them. And so I just love working one-on-one with people and I love researching. So I, what I like to do is jump into people's lives, learn their schedules, their lifestyle, and I feel like I'm a detective on the case. And together, we just try to solve the problems of what are your hangups, what do you enjoy, what's a pitfall, and we figure it out. And I feel like I've solved the case when I've helped someone and set them on the right path. It's so rewarding for me. And, you know, I mean, I, I have my own struggles, but you know how it is when you're helping someone else it just feels so much better to give than receive. And so I'm helping a client, but they're motivating me too. I get so much back too. So I've just been enjoying working with, with clients. And, you know, fortunately with COVID that hasn't slowed me down because we just can communicate however. And a lot of people have been like, okay, COVID then summer, and I'm a little off track. So (laughs) I'm happy to help to get people back on board. What are some of the things you think are like most effective, especially I feel like so much of this journey, if you will, is how you rebound from big mistakes or small mistakes, or or even how you conceptualize of eating you didn't intend to do, right? I shouldn't even have said mistake. That's like showing my <laughs> my sort of longstanding hangups with it myself. But let's say somebody, you know, really falls off the wagon and has just like a weekend of indulgence. And I feel like for me, sometimes that sets me off on like a whole nother week of indulgence. Cause I'm like, well, I already messed it up. I might as well really mess it up. How do Mm -hmm. you sort of save off that sort of all or nothing type thinking? I think how you, how you are influenced is so important. So a lot of clients, I call myself an accountability coach. And a lot of clients say, 
I know what I should be doing. I know what I shouldn't be doing. I literally need you to hold me accountable. And I think, and it doesn't have to be a hired coach, but surrounding yourself with friends or um, anyone in your household or coworkers that, I mean, and just like you're doing, building this community, I think it's, it's a support, but it's just, it's almost like a subconscious influence Um, I run with two friends. We run Mondays and Wednesdays and sometimes Saturdays. And it is just, if I just went off the rails on the weekend, I'm not going to miss my Monday morning run because they're there. We meet at the drugstore parking lot. And at a certain time, we don't, I mean, we text the night before just to make sure everyone's going, but I'm not going to miss it. And like, then that leads to, conversations while we're running. And I mean, if you're running, you, you, well, we talk about everything, but you also talk about things that are keeping you healthy because if you're exercising, just like if you're in a gym or with people, you're just surrounding yourself with the right positive influence. So I just think finding, and especially if you're a person who needs that outer accountability, just finding someone, a partner, a group to either text back and forth, meet up with, check in with, I think that's part of it. And then the other part is looking at your habits and your schedule and your lifestyle and just seeing where things can be changed. I worked with one person that um, was struggling with dinner with a mom who was struggling with dinner and what to cook and, and her time schedule. She was like, I just, you know, my son has lacrosse that night. And so I just, you know, we ended up staying late and da da da. I said, well, oh, did this lacrosse game pop up last minute? And she said, well, no. And I said, okay, well, why don't we work on your weekly schedule to see what's ahead? And on those days, either have dinner early that night, so you're not eating at nine o'clock at night, which means it needs to be ready, whether you have it picked up or you cook it early or it's leftovers from the night before. You cook the big meal the night before, you have the next night. It's things like that. And sometimes just having someone else from the outside looking in helps point things out to you. It's true. I feel like schedule management is a key part and it's not that hard if you spend a few minutes like thinking it through ahead of time, but getting to the point where you're ready to think through the day in that point of view is the hard part Mm -hmm. (laughs) and getting Mm -hmm. into that mindset. Once you're like moving and shaking, it's like, okay, well, I have this well, now there's really nowhere to go, but I used to, you know, there used to be a lot of places to go and get ready for. Now it's just like, I pick up my kids from their half day of school and then I, you know, settle back in at home. But right. yeah, but, but the, one, the one birthday party I did have, I brought my own food. So I didn't have the Domino's pizza. So I felt like that was a major <laughs> victory. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. And things like, I hate grocery shopping. It is just, ugh, I feel like it's a time suck and I don't enjoy it. There's nothing about it. I like it's like, okay, well, think around that. I mean, there's now there's a ton of grocery delivery options. Um, but my husband is like, I love grocery shopping. So I don't mind doing it on the weekends. Now, I don't want to sit there and make the list and all that. But if you do that part, I'll go to the store. And so it's always like just trying to find a solution. Like this is a challenge. This is a problem. How am I going to rework this? I think we just get stuck in our ways. And sometimes it's just like, you need to shake it up. I have heard from a lot of women who are a little bit older than me. I'm 44, but I feel like women in their 50s particularly are saying, and maybe even late 40s, and maybe even my age, and maybe even me sometimes, but anyway, are saying that it's much, much harder to lose 
now than it was before. And that it just feels like their bodies are not responding to things that used to make a big difference. I mean, I used to be able to work out. And if I really like changed my frame of mind, like boom, 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 two pounds a week, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like that anymore. And I think as you get older, it's clearly getting harder and harder. So like, what do you do if the same tricks in the toolbox aren't having the same results? Uh, Yes, I totally agree. And like I said earlier, I mean, when I trained for a marathon two years ago, no weight change, teaching classes, you know, and, and it was just that slow, steady creep up two pounds, three pounds, you know, each year, but it was like my new set weight was just climbing. So as an accountability coach, I feel like let's figure out what works for you because there's, I am a firm believer. There's not one size fits all. There's not one program that fits all. Um, I am six months into intermittent fasting and my body and, and more so I think my mindset has responded beautifully to that. I think it's because of my personality, because of my tendencies. It is easier for me to say all or nothing versus like Gretchen Rubin says, I love Gretchen Rubin and her her tendencies. And I am, I can't remember. An obliger. Yes, because I totally need the outer accountability. But she also talks about whether you're a moderator or an abstainer. So it's easier for me to say, no chips and queso, not one French fry is easier for me than to just say, I'll just have three. It'll satisfy my craving and then I'll be good to go. I just can't do it. So with intermittent fasting, I have my eating window for the day and then the rest of the time I'm fasting. So it's like a no brainer. I just, I don't have that decision fatigue. I don't have to debate how much is something I'm going to eat, what I'm going to eat, when I'm going to eat. Oh, I, why am I hungry again. I, you know, what should I eat? Cause it's only been two hours. It just exhausts me. And so I find the freedom in not having to decide. And I don't know, I feel like I've been enjoying my foods more because I, you know, I see it as quality over quantity. Now I want the better foods because I've got a shorter eating window, you know, <laughs> you want to make the most of it. And actually my husband got on board too, and he has seen results too. And I think, I guess it just is works for his personality, but at the same time, coaching others, it doesn't work for everyone. So, you know, I just, I have been able to get down to, I'm almost to my goal weight, but more importantly, like just fitting into the clothes that are hanging in my closet that just either were too tight or just didn't look good. It's things like that, that, and then my energy is up. I just feel good. And when you're not preparing three meals a day, you, you're pretty productive because you have more time to do other things. <laughs> there's like, there's just these added benefits, you know? So I'm like, and also when you're trying to avoid the kitchen, you're like, okay, so let me go run that errand right now. Or let me go make that phone call outside or whatever the case may be. So you get stuff done. <laughs> Intermittent fasting didn't really work for me because I found I was thinking about food so much more because I was so hungry. I get up really, really early. So mm-hmm. I didn't, And I really look forward to my first sort of meal of the day. Plus I take Advil all the time. So I want to have some food in my stomach and all the rest. But for me, I've like done a workaround of that problem of decision fatigue and all the rest in that I'm having the exact same thing every morning. Like Mm -hmm. I make a big batch of oatmeal from this one recipe and I put some blueberries on it. And every day I heat up another little bit of it. And then I don't think about it all week. Whereas before Mm -hmm. it was like, should I have this? Should I have that? Wait, am I eating this? What am I, am I eating gluten? Like what am I, sugar, gluten, dairy? What am I, now I'm just like, okay, I'm scooping my oatmeal and I'm not thinking about it. 
And that seems right. to too. So I feel like whatever hacks, especially early day hacks when the day is just getting going and yeah, you've got to do something to take the stress out before you're even Absolutely. in your day. <laughs> right, right. There's way too many decisions to make throughout the day. So just take that. And it also works with your willpower. I mean, if you already know you're having the oatmeal, it, it's just, it's a done decision. You know, I mean, you're, you're moving on because when you have to try to use your willpower all day long, it's exhausting. And eventually you cave and then it's an all out binge. Yeah. I do much better. I found when I say like, not what am I not having, but just like, okay, this is my plan today. And then I like do my plan and I'm like, okay, great. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to have these leftovers for lunch and then I do it. And, but of course that's not where you get into trouble, right? It's not like, do I have the leftover salmon or have a salad? Like, woe is me. Like I'm already on the right track. If I'm in that frame of mind, it's more like I've had a terrible day and I'm tired and I just need something after the kids go to bed to like reward myself for the 8,000 emails and books read to the kids and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that. So mm-hmm. that's the part, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your particular weakness time, if you have one is, but wondering if you have any set tricks, knowing like when the weakness is coming or like if you can feel it coming, what do you do about it? Well, I'm just like you, a complete sugarholic. I mean, I just, that's what I crave. And my husband is salty. He, he'll go back into the pantry and grab the chips. That is not a temptation to me, but anything sweet, I'm there. So we're very regimented during the week with bedtimes and everything. So I try before I head upstairs to read to my daughter, I close the kitchen, like lights off. I've gone and brushed my teeth, you know, right then. So it's like every done, you're not welcome back in this area and, and just, you know, set the right setting around me. And that does not always work. But I try when I get back downstairs to just avoid the kitchen and just go to my room and read and, and distract. And I'd rather, even if I do have the dessert, if I have the sweet tooth, I'd rather have it right after dinner. And I feel like it's just kind of all part of the meal, rather than time going by, and then I'm going back and it's later at night. So sometimes when I just know I want to satisfy that sweet tooth, I just do it right after the meal. And then I just feel like, okay, and you're done. You know, I try. We have like a little place where we keep all of our like medicines and extra toilet paper, you know, like a little closet where we keep all the assorted sundries and whatever. Anyway, my son pretended it's his, he pretends it's his store and he made like a little open and close sign that he hangs. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, honey. I had to go into your store and you were at school. He's like, what? You know, so, so now I'm actually thinking that I should commission a sign for the kitchen and have my son do one of those. And maybe we all together put the clothes sign on the kitchen because I don't really want my other kids snacking. I have two teenagers as well. So None of us should really be in there rooting around late at night. It's not good for anybody, um, Mm -hmm. although we do. So maybe we can revive the sign and maybe that will help. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And same with them. (laughs) If they have dessert, we, and it also really just goes apart with the whole cleanup of the kitchen because I want everyone involved. I don't want everyone to scatter and then I'm the only one left to like clean everything. So if they're doing desserts for that reason too, I'm like, okay, let's all have it right after dinner. And then we all clean together and then the kitchen is completely closed, you know? Last night, this is going to sound ridiculous, but last night, and my son is away at boarding school, so I have the three kids here, and they all slept through the night and they slept till six or later, all three of them. This has like never happened before. 
I know that I'm like obviously a bad parent and I should have kids who sleep through the night and I have friends whose kids sleep through the night every night, but I've never had kids who sleep through the night. It's just, anyway, they all did last night and not because I bribed them or anything either. I didn't like set a goal. Like you have to sleep. They just spontaneously all slept through the night. So I decided today to like have a party to celebrate. So I got all these balloons. And so that when they walked in from school, they could like walk through the, you know, ribbons <laughs> that were hanging down. Cause I was just like, so excited. Not that many. I don't know. There's like 12 balloons, but anyway, and I'm ordering these tiny, tiny little cupcakes. So like, I already know that as celebration, we're having these baked by Melissa cupcakes tonight with dinner and we're going to have like paper fun plates and we're all going to celebrate the sleeping and God willing, it happens again tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I know that I'm going to be tempted by all of these things, which I myself made a temptation. It's like, I put the roadblock. I know. In front of me. <laughs> I, you know, I have done that and caught myself so many times. Like I initiated this. They did not ask me to buy this. I bought it or I brought it into the house. I kept it out on the counter or, you know, just, I don't know why I do that to myself. And I think part of that was, you know, that's how it was growing up. You you do what you know. And so celebrations were tied to chocolate. It's so funny. My whole family has a sweet tooth. So when we get together for holidays, I mean, yeah, we plan the entree and the side and stuff, but then I think everyone shows up with a dessert. Like we just get through the stuff we have to eat and then it's just rolling. Whereas my husband's there, so not into desserts. And I mean, I showed up a few holidays and there wasn't a single dessert. And I was just <gasps> mortified, you know, <laughs> which they pick on me because I have brought more desserts into their lives. I'm like, it's terrible of me. But <laughs> my husband's the same way. He's like, I didn't even have dessert before you. Now we have like dessert at breakfast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. So that's something I could definitely work on is I don't need to initiate. I mean, kids are going to have sweets around them enough, whether they get it from whoever, an event, a birthday party, a, a school, whatever. I don't need to add to that. No. You know? So it sounds like there are a couple of like key points that have come out Right. One is don't initiate stupid things like I did. <laughs> don't don't make give yourself extra hurdles by buying food for your kids to celebrate things, except every so often. I'm gonna say it. Every right, so often. Right, of course, of course. But try to avoid adding temptation. And if you can get it off the counter, try to plan your day a little better and think through even the week of when you need to do what and plan for that. Close the kitchen at night. Don't go in there. It's it's mm-hmm. over. Brush your teeth. Get out of there. Find an accountability partner or group or workout partner or something, which moms don't have time to lose weight can also help with a little. I know we're a bigger group, but I was even hoping at some point people might like fraction off and find friends to do it with or people like you or whatever. And those are some of the big things. And also just be aware of your own cravings and how to work around them and know if you're, if you're a sugar person and how to, you know, if you want to intermittently fast or if you want to take the, yeah, I guess the other tip is eliminate decision fatigue by either doing something like intermittent fasting, if that works for you, or setting at least one or two meals a day where you don't have to think about them. Mm-hmm. And then you can exactly. use all your energy to tackling the bigger issues at more mm-hmm. vulnerable times, perhaps. Right, right. And I will say in doing this intermittent fasting, I've been reading a lot. One more tip that I've loved I think we're so bad about beating each other, ourselves up, beating ourselves up. And there was a phrase called, there is no wagon, meaning there's no wagon for you to fall off of. So if you do have that crazy weekend, you just 
go forward. I mean, nothing can be changed from what you did. And I just think it's the whole diet mentality when you say I'm off the wagon, I'm back on the wagon, whatever. It's just, you know what, just try your best and and move forward. And there's no point in looking back, you know, each day is a new day and just, and just go for it. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Angie. Thanks for all this great advice. And even if I know this stuff or other people know this stuff, I really believe that hearing it again and like going over it and sort of recommitting to some of these things a lot helps. I really do. I know it helps me. So thank you for even just going through why we do these things and how important they are and how helpful they can be and how it's all worth it. Yeah, in the end. I totally agree. We all learn from each other all the time. It's it's great. And thank you for the community you created. I mean, we're we're all we have so many similarities. It's comforting to to hear and see and and then everyone offers great suggestions. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's good too. I know. And now it's a Wednesday when we're doing this recording, so I have to go add, add up at the end of the day, see how we did as a group. Uh, and I think that almost this week we'll be at 200, I'm thinking. So we'll see. Awesome. By the time this episode airs, hopefully we'll be over 200 as a group. So we'll see. Anyway. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Angie. Have a great day. And I'll be thinking of you tonight with my closed kitchen sign, which I'm going to go. No, I'm now going to go get my son to make. So <laughs> Perfect. Thanks right. for having me, Zibby. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for doing okay. it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.